Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Joe. We want to welcome you here today. We hope that you've had a good Christmas, and we hope you're full of turkey and maybe enjoying some good turkey soup now. We hope you're also enjoying some rest in these post-Christmas days. In the midst of everything, we're just very grateful that worship is a priority for you here this weekend. I just have a few things to chat with you about before we get going. Next week, we're back to our regular schedule with our 10 a.m. broadcast, as well as our 10 a.m. in-person service here at Rivercross. And you can begin signing up for that broadcast this coming Thursday at rivercrosschurch.ca forward slash connect. Also, if you have any additional church offering you would like to, uh, to count towards the 2020 tax year, please be sure to have it into the church office by Wednesday, December 30th at 4 p.m. That's Wednesday, December 30th at 4 p.m. We'd appreciate that very much, and we always appreciate your faithful giving. We have something special for you here this morning. We've gone back over the last few months, and we've picked one worship song that each of our worship teams have done, and we've put that together into a worship set today. So we hope that wherever you are, you can stand, clap, sing along, just enter into worship as we worship here together this morning.
upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Well, hello, Rivercross. It's Pastor John here. Welcome to this Zoom conversation about our Christmas outreach work this past year. I'm joined today by Linda Naves, our Christmas Outreach Coordinator, and Debbie Hughes, and Pat Scott, and Tony Dickinson. Welcome to all of you. You know, John's Gospel, Chapter 3, reminds us that God so loved that he gave. It's a, it's a reminder that Christ's life-giving work in our lives comes as a no-strings-attached act of generosity from a loving God. And for those of us who receive this gift into our hearts, we are called to respond in a similar fashion to others. And that's what really drives Christmas outreach at River Cross Church. Christmas outreach is all about generously sharing Christ's love with other people in practical and tangible ways. And it begins with your generous financial support. You might recall that we set a $35,000 fundraising goal for Christmas outreach this past year. And, uh, well, I want you to know that the congregation of, of Rivercross Church actually has given $46,647, which is simply astounding. And I want to say from the bottom of my heart to all of you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your extraordinary generosity. Our Christmas outreach work has also received an additional $24,705 from some financial partners from the Christmas Exchange and Harbor Church and Rothsay Netherwood School. And to all of them, again, thank you so much for your extraordinary generosity. We so appreciate it. So all told, our Christmas outreach work had over $71,000 to work with, and this amazing amount of money has allowed us to do some truly remarkable things. Some of these things we did as a church at our own initiative and on our own, while others we did in partnerships with other organizations. And when you put it all together, we as a church played a meaningful role in the lives of 2,649 children, youth, and adults this Christmas season through our Christmas outreach work, which is, which is just simply astounding. But of course, this is about more than just numbers, isn't it? It's about God so loved that he gave, and us responding to that through Christ-like love for others. So let's go inside those numbers now and hear some stories, and we'll start with Linda Nates. Uh, well, Linda, it really has been a different year for Christmas outreach. And I can still recall you and Blair Thompson and I sitting down back, I think early April, uh, to figure out what things might look like in this season of COVID. Why don't you take us inside all of the adjustments and thinking and planning we had to go through to make it work? Blessing our community and city. How and if could we do this with, was the conversation for each of the phases of COVID. We began planning assuming we would be in the yellow phase the best possible scenario come November. Changes to 2020 included plexiglass, masks, hand sanitizers, no packing parties, and our packing and delivery day involving many of you would be grocery gift cards. Another layer of complexity, conversations with Christmas Exchange. 
they would revert to their original mandate of checking for duplicate registrations only and distributing cash donations received to assist churches and agencies with sponsorships. For Rivercross, this meant not only providing for our Rivercross 140 families, but sponsoring everyone we registered. Everything was in place, then St. John went to the orange phase. Life changed and so did plans we had put in place. Back to square one. New five-minute appointments for pickups, spreadsheets, and more volunteers and callers required. It certainly has been a challenging few months, hasn't it, Linda? Uh, but I think the simple fact is that you and Blair did such a great job of coordinating it all that it all worked incredibly seamlessly in spite of all of the challenges. Uh, so on behalf of Rivercross, I do want to say thank you to the two of you for your incredible work. Linda, at the end of the day, uh, we helped out 673 children through our partnership with the Empty Stocking Fund and 876 children, 761 adults, and 464 families either through direct church grocery sponsorships or through our partnership with the Christmas Exchange. That's a lot of people. Uh, but I'm wondering, Linda, if you can take us inside that experience. Why don't you briefly share one story about a person whom we impacted with Christ's love in a meaningful way through Christmas outreach? Lots of work on the back end, keeping within COVID guidelines, Ensuring on the front end, we were prepared to be welcoming, caring, respectful atmosphere to show dignity to those we serve. One story comes to mind. A mom who came to register her family, she shared her husband had been recently laid off and they did not know how they would provide Christmas for their family this year. This mom shared all, also that they had supported these ministries in the past, so was hesitant to be on the receiving end this year. Providing an environment where people are respected with dignity makes all the difference. Christ's love in action. You see, like this mom, who was impacted through Christmas ministries, both giving and receiving, we may never know when we will or need to be touched by God, Christ's love in this way. On behalf of the recipients, thank you for bringing hope and love to many this Christmas season. And also, I want to say on behalf of Christmas Outreach, from volunteers who inputted registrations to those sanitizing and everyone in between, prayer warriors and financial givers, you are amazing. On behalf of our team, our heartfelt thanks. We couldn't have done it without you. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful story that you shared there, Linda, and, and absolutely our volunteers, as much as we were able to use them, were key to making this all unfold in a smooth fashion. So very much a thank you to them as well. Um, let's bring Debbie into the, the conversation now. Debbie, you and uh, Mark Taunton give great leadership to Rivercross Missions Moms on a Mission group. Uh, this is a ministry that supports young moms in the neighborhood who just need some extra love and encouragement. And it has now grown into a ministry that regularly connects with 13 moms and 39 kids, which is amazing. Uh, now, Debbie, a couple Saturdays ago, uh, you and Marg had some fun with these moms. So why don't you just tell us all about it? Hey, thanks, John. So we had to cancel our Christmas get-together that Margaret and I were, were doing. So we, decided, we thought that a gift delivery would be a nice idea. The Humbury ladies at the church had a gift for each mom that needed to be picked up. So we thought we would just expand on it. 
We set a date, and just before the date, John advised us that a donation of toys was made to the church if we wanted to do up gifts for the children of the moms. Thanks to Facebook, I was able to message all the moms. This was a really neat process as we learned more about our moms. We know some of the younger children as they come to the group, but we didn't really know the older kids. Um, so it, it was neat. Then Margaret and I went to work picking out gifts for each child at the church one afternoon. That was fun, shopping without money. <laughs> we loaded the gifts in my van, and Maria helped me wrap them Friday night. Margaret and I made up a care package and baked cookies for each mom. I felt like Scrooge must have felt Christmas morning, Friday night. I was so excited for Saturday to come. <laughs> now I'm going to cry. <laughs> I realized I really missed the doing part of Christmas ministry at the church this year. The Saturday morning... We loaded the van with the, the toys, and I went to pick up the gifts from the Hurumbee ladies at Hazel Kerr's place. They had a very nice present for each mom. I then went and picked up Margaret and the care packages she had wrapped. My van was so full, I was not sure we were going to get everything in. We had 13 moms and 39 kids' items. Then off we went to deliver the items to each mom. It was so great to see each mom and get to talk to them for a few minutes one-on-one. -on -one. Four moms had babies this year, so we even met the two newest babies that we had not met yet, and we had a special ornament and book for these four moms. The moms were very appreciative of the gifts. We are hoping that it brought joy to their Christmas because it sure brought joy to ours. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your lives. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. Really appreciate you sharing. That's just a wonderful story. Um, you know, the emails that you and Mark sent to me as you were doing all this were just full, full of the joy that you were experiencing uh, as you just went from home to home. So thanks so much for, for doing that, putting those bags together and delivering them. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, just as we support young moms and their kids through our Christmas outreach work, we also make every effort to make Christmas special for youth and young adults who are connected to Rivercross Church or Rivercross Mission and who might be having a difficult time and could use a little bit of encouragement too. Uh, I want you to know that this year, uh, we helped out 34 youth and young adults uh, in this way, another tangible expression of Christ's love. And there are yet other people in, uh, connected to our church uh, in various ways whom we try to encourage in the Christmas season through what we call encouragement gifts. Pat, why don't you tell us uh, about this? What are encouragement gifts? Who are they for, and how many did we deliver to people this year? Sure. Um, encouragement gifts are just a way that um, we as a church family can encourage those that um, have either lost a loved one or uh, maybe they just have are going through a tough season right now. So um, we just give them a little gift to let them know their church family is thinking of them. And... Um, this year, we delivered 46 encouragement gifts. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and, and again, just another one of these wonderful ministries that has grown, sort of grown up within Christmas outreach over the past few years. And if I could just add something else, I think another one of the added benefits of the encouragement gifts, Pat, is the fact that it allows us to stay connected with some people who may not be all that connected to our church. And so in that way, it becomes an extension of our witness for Christ to them, a way that we just stay in touch with them. Yeah. Um, you know, with the extra financial generosity we had to work with this year, uh, we were able to grow our Christmas outreach work in a significant new way by reaching out to some of our community outreach partners and supporting the ongoing good work 
that they're doing. Specifically, we helped out Social Development's Youth Engagement Program and the Teen Resource Center and Coverdale Center for Women, and last but not least, Outflow Ministries. And we have Tony from Outflow with us today to share a bit more about this. Tony, why don't you share with us how the Christmas outreach money we've provided will be used to meaningfully support the men who stay at the shelter in the weeks ahead. Sure. Thanks, John. So what's happened with COVID? Um, it changed how we do the shelter uh, quite radically in two ways. Uh, first, uh, instead of being a 12-hour shelter, we're a 24-hour facility. Uh, so the guys are, uh, are with, us, with, us, with us all day. Uh, the other thing is uh, we had to put in social distancing between the beds and give the guys uh, space to sleep. So we ended up taking over the entire shelter building. Uh, so what that's uh, created uh, for the winter, um, the guys will, will not have as much sort of space to just hang out and relax in the shelter. Uh, so uh, River Cross has been able to provide us with Tim Hortons cards so the guys can get a, a cup of coffee every day, uh, go out, take a walk, and uh, sit down uh, just somewhere, uh, somewhere outside or somewhere not, uh, not in the shelter, get away, from, get away from the crowds a little bit, and uh, be able to, to relax and just have a, a good cup of coffee. Wonderful, wonderful. Just a, a simple, tangible way uh, to help you guys care for these these guys on a 24-hour basis, seven days a week. Right. Uh, just really wonderful, really wonderful. Uh, thanks for sharing that. And thank you to, to Outflow for the great work you're doing. Um, thanks. Well, as you can see, uh, it's been quite a year for Christmas outreach at River Cross Church. God so loved that he gave. And in response, we've reached out in Christ's love to the people of our city in some powerful and meaningful ways. And I want to thank you all again uh, for your continued support of this important life-giving work. Take care and God bless. Allow me the privilege of leading us in a time of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these days, for this quieter season, for just the chance that we've had to to get a little break and to get a little rest. And Lord, maybe as we've had this uh, downtime, we've recognized that we're more tired than we thought, that this past year has taken more of a toll on us than we'd realized, and that it's good to be quiet, it's good to be in your presence, Lord, and just to be on the receiving end of everything you want to give to us in this season. Lord, I just pray for so many right now who need you to renew them, who need new strength and fresh grace each day, Lord, who, who need to wake up and just discover uh, your mercy waiting for them in that day. And so we pray that would be true of us, Lord, and that we would position ourselves well and take advantage of opportunities in this time just to be quiet, to be in your presence, Lord, and to, to be blessed by, by you. Lord, we thank you for this update on just the way we as a congregation were able to be a blessing to hundreds of people over this Christmas season. Lord, what a fitting way to express the God who comes to us in the gift of love than to give gifts to other people, Lord, at a heart of love. And Lord, our, our prayer is not just that they receive a gift, but that they realize and their hearts are open to the truth, God, that you love them, that you're looking out for them, that you care for them, that walking in Christ and discovering the gifts of his kingdom 
uh, is one of the greatest gifts. And so, Lord, we just pray today for each person that was on the receiving end, Father, that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you care for them and that you see them. Lord, we just pray today, too, for those who, in these last, you know, half a week or so, have not been able to be with family in ways that they wanted to, who are missing people and who are feeling a little separated. And so, Lord, today we pray that you would meet them in a special way. Father, that you, they would know your care and support at this time. And we look forward, Lord, with yearning hearts to times when we can be together again. Lord, we thank you again for this season, a time to remember more than anything that you love us. That you see what's going on in our hearts and you've come to us in the person of Jesus Christ to meet us exactly where we are. God, we pray that we would be good ambassadors of this message during these days, whether it's sitting with friends over coffee or Skyping with family members or catching up with neighbors. Lord, may we tell of the good story of Jesus and his love for all. We thank you again, Lord, for your care and for this chance that we can spend in your presence. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you had a great Christmas day. Uh, I hope it was relaxing and refreshing and you ate too much and you fell asleep multiple times on the couch. Um, probably for some of you, you're discovering, boy, I was really tired. These last few months have taken their toll and you just discovered the joy of some good old fashioned rest. So I hope it was great. I hope you got to connect with some people in some meaningful ways as well and that these have been good, good days for you. Thanks for joining us this morning on this uh, December 27th. Um, next Sunday, I wanted to let you know I'm going to do just a short message on Genesis chapter 3, kind of a spiritual challenge to us as we think about a new year. And then on January the 10th, we're going to start a series on the Gospel of Mark, and it's going to last until Easter. And I'm really looking forward to getting into the themes of this book with you and kind of wrestling with them together and unpacking them. And so I hope that uh, this is going to be just a wonderful life-giving teaching time uh, as we kind of get into the scriptures together. We'll be producing a reading guide that you can follow along with. And so we hope uh, that you'll, you'll join us for that. Uh, traditionally on this Sunday, the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's, I've, I've kind of paused and just taken a time to think back on the year and to say thank, thank you to you. And some years I've done it, it's felt a little bit like a tradition, uh, but today it feels like a necessity. And so I just really want to use these next few minutes together to, to say thank you to you. Um, every church on planet Earth is given the same mission. It's given to Jesus, or given to us by Jesus himself, Matthew 28, to go into all the world and to make disciples. This is a non-negotiable um, calling that God places on each local congregation. How we do that, given our church family, given the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to us, and given the kind of community that we're a part of, is our unique vision. It, what allows us to envision how is it that we will make disciples in our city. And for us, that language has been all about being a blessing. Uh, like we want to be poured out into the city of St. John, looking to bless people, come up alongside people, show the love of God to people in all kinds of different ways, in hopes that their heart would open up and they would discover that God really does care for them. That no matter their past, no matter maybe bad experiences with local churches that they've had, no matter anything that they've done, that God has not given up on them. And this mission to, to be the kind of church that is going out into the city to be a blessing is just such a part of our DNA. Uh, we often use the phrase, some people think the church is for them, when in fact we are the church and we exist for the world. 
And the image that's been so helpful, and you've heard me reference this before, is that of a river. Uh, that from God's presence, multiple times in the scriptures, there's this image of a river that flows outwards, and everything that it comes in contact with, it brings it to life. My favorite being Ezekiel 47, and that wonderful phrase, where the river flows, life abounds. And that is what I want for our church to be about. That everywhere we go, where we live, work, and play, um, that ministry is not a Sunday thing, it's a life that we have. That Jesus is not somebody we pay attention to once a week. He's a part of our everyday uh, life and experience. And that as we're working that out, that we become a blessing to the people all around us and to the people of our city can have the opportunity for life to abound for them, for their hearts to open to faith, for them to discover that God has not given up on them. He's not pushed them away. He's not running from them. He's drawing near. He cares. He sees what they're going through. He knows exactly what they did and he loves them anyway. And that as they discover this, life abounds. And for tired religious people who just are going through the motions and trying to stay in God's good books and maybe trying to pay off some sin debts that they feel they need to account for, that they would come face to face with grace and mercy and that nothing we could ever do would make God love us more. Nothing we would ever do would make him love us less. And that their lives would open up and that life would abound in them too. And then just for the rest of us, that as we serve God, there's no greater joy than giving our life in service to him. So this has kind of been our vision of just, God, how can we pour ourselves out into the city and come alongside and love and serve and care for people so that their hearts would open and life would abound to them? So when thinking about how did we do in that regard in 2020, what did that look like for us in one of the most unprecedented years, uh, certainly in any of our lifetimes? And the, the passage that came to mind really so quickly was in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Let me just read it for you. This is what Paul says writing to a group of believers in the church in Thessalonica. He says, We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your, and these are the phrases I love, your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your enduring hope. Now, being the church in 2020 was not easy. Being the church in the city of Thessalonica was not easy either. Let me read you about Paul's very first visit there as they came in to preach the gospel and announce the good news that Jesus is the Son of God and the kingdom of God is here and a whole new rule and reign is about to begin and you can be a part of it. Let me read for you about how that experience went. It's found in Acts chapter 17 uh, verses 1 to 9. Acts 17, 1 to 9. As they roll into town, this is what happens. When they had passed through Amphilopolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was the custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbaths, so for three weeks, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Christ, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women, which means a lot of prominent women. But the Jews were jealous. And as they, ra and 
So they rounded up some of the characters from the marketplace. Maybe you can picture people. They formed a mob and they started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers before the city officials shouting, These men have caused trouble all over the world, and now they have come here. And Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made then they made Jason and the others postpone, and they let them go. So some nice people here in Thessalonica. <laughs> so Paul goes there, he preaches the gospel, and does not get a great reception. Um, some people uh, become Christians. Some people find faith. They open their hearts. Some Jews are discovered that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Jewish scriptures. Uh, there's some Greeks there who leave their Greek religious um, ways behind and, and become Christ followers. And there's some prominent women, business women, leadership women, who become part of this church as well. Uh, there's a large outbreak. They have to flee. And they go to the next community, which is the community of Berea. And if you read on in Acts, you'll discover that the Thessalonians heard that Paul is now in Berea preaching the gospel, and they send some of these same rioters there to stir up trouble for them as well. And this just kind of continues for them. But this church, think about this local congregation uh, in the city of Thessalonica, and what a challenge it must have been to have a faithful witness there because of the hostility, uh, because of the crowds, because some of the Jewish community were so opposed to the message of Jesus Christ. And as Paul is writing to this church, trying to encourage them, I love that he says to them, I'm grateful for your work, for your loving deeds, and for your enduring hope in the middle of this difficult situation. And those are the words that I just want to kind of frame a few thoughts around here this morning. Um, thank you this year for your faithful work. You have had to work so hard to be the church. Everything in 2020 was difficult. Uh, there was really no area of ministry that was easy in this calendar year. When I think of how much time people spent trying to figure out how to put people in a room, how close they could sit together, how we have to clean it afterwards, keeping track of contact tracing, can we serve coffee, can we do food, which direction will we go when we go into the room and get out of the room, and on and on and on. Everything just seemed difficult. And they were challenging, but you continue to meet those challenges. Uh, well, I think of our children's ministry and how are we going to do summer camps? Can we do in-person? What does it look like to do them online? We've never recorded online kids' camps. We've never put boxes together for people to pick up, but we figured it out. How is it that we can have kids in a space and try to keep them physically distanced? It was a lot of work, but, our, but you folks did such an amazing job with it. We watch life groups find out new ways to gather together, new ways to serve food. Some of you have never used Zoom before, and now you're experts. You just, no problem at all. You're chatting, you're clapping, you're waving your hands, you're doing such a great job. We've had new groups that have started, and they've been meeting for months now, and they've never, ever been in the same room together. They only know each other on Zoom. They don't even know if the people in the group have legs. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, we did Alpha online this year, English and Mandarin. We had people from different cities. We did not know how was that going to work. Can you create community? Can you have gospel conversations with people online? 
but you continued to work at it and we, and we found ways. I think about the financial generosity and the way in which the church found new ways to give. For years, maybe you came to a service, you put your offering in, in the plate when it got passed, and now you're e-transferring it from your phone. You found new ways. And you know, your generosity allowed us to pay off the open portion of our mortgage this year. It allowed us to uh, continue to fund all of the mission agencies that receive donations from us each year at 100% capacity. We did not reduce our giving to them in any way. And that's all because of your hard work, finding new ways to give, maybe even rebalancing your budgets under some changes in your income in order to continue to find ways to be generous. So thank you uh, for the way that you've done that. You found new ways to worship online. Could you have imagined that Sunday morning routine would be getting a coffee, getting on the sofa, turning on YouTube on your television, getting your cell phone out so you can live chat during the service with people. You can like things, make comments, send texts to people in the middle of the service to encourage them and to, or to chat with them in some way. That this would be normal. But you found a way. You worked at it and you were persistent at it. So thank you. Thank you for how hard that you have had to work this, this past year uh, to be the church. All the changes you've had to navigate, all the things you had to figure out that you didn't know if you could do, um, things that felt really abnormal at first, but you've adjusted and you found ways uh, to make them work so that we as a congregation can continue to be a blessing in our city. So thank you. The next thing that Paul talks about is how this church in, in Thessalonica continue to find ways to express loving deeds. It would have been easy in this year to lose our love for ministry. With all of the barriers to technology, the months that we have gone without seeing one another, with all the frustrations about rules and logistics, and they were this two weeks ago, but now they've changed. But love always finds a way to close the gap. And you did that this year. If we go back to the analogy of a river, if you've got a stream that's flowing and you throw a giant rock in the middle of it, the stream does not stop flowing. It finds ways around it. It creates new channels and new paths and the water just continues to flow. It just goes in a brand new way. And really that's been the story of us finding ways to love people in this year. There's been obstacles, but we're gonna move, find new ways and just continue to move forward. Let me just share some of the examples that have just stood out to me. This is not exclusive, but just some that I'll never forget. I just people caring for people. I just kept hearing stories uh, from members of our church of people who just showed up on doorsteps with um, food, fresh baking, bread, um, toilet paper, just a gift, just showing up to say, I've not forgotten about you. I know you exist. You maybe you have don't have a lot of family in the area and I'm here to encourage you. I think about life groups who called the church office and said, we'd love to reach out to, to folks in our congregation who maybe don't get out as much. Can we have a list? Can we call them? We want to send them cards. We want to check in on them and, and see how they're doing. I think about people who set aside time each week in their schedule just to pick up the phone and call people and have a, call, a long conversation with them, not because they, had to, they were trying to sell them or sign them up for something, just to check in with them and check in and see how they were doing. Think about people who just dropped off meals to people's homes and just maybe because they've gone through a time of loss, maybe through going through a time of difficulty, dropped off gift cards, just doing anything they could to be an encouragement. 
I think of the number of you who wrote uh, devotionals for our stream devotional series that we did back in the spring. And you know, you need to know, um, first of all, you did such an incredible job kind of capturing your own experience of faith in the middle of a pandemic and, and just practically encouraging people. Uh, on average, those were read almost 600 times for each devotional. Meaning they went far beyond our church family and became a blessing not just to the people in Rivercross, but a blessing to people uh, throughout the region and throughout the country who were coming across them or they were getting shared and people were enjoying them and sharing them again, which uh, was just a wonderful, wonderful thing. I think about uh, people who would show up to the church on Thursday afternoons. You know, Thursday is the day that we record all of our Sunday online service. So we're in front of cameras and microphones and lighting, dealing with all that stuff all Thursday afternoon and into the evening. And some of you knew that and you dropped off fresh baking on Thursday afternoons for all the volunteers who are working sound and lights and for people so that in between uh, recording sessions, they could have a little snack. Um, just on and on and on I could go. When we read about the people in the city of Thessalonica, who were so close to the Jesus story, who were so hostile to, um, to the story of salvation. We wonder how is it that a church actually ever took root there? I think it's because of love. Because the Thessalonians were, the Christians there were persistent with their loving deeds. We're gonna love these people into the kingdom of God. We are gonna care for them. We're not gonna give up on them. We're not gonna try something once and if they aren't open to it, we'll turn our backs on them, not at all. We're going to keep expressing the love of God to them and watch what the Holy Spirit might do. And that has been the story for so many of you in this last year, just finding ways to express love to people. And it's been absolutely wonderful. Last thing, Paul mentions here, uh, faithful work, loving deeds, and enduring hope. This is Paul's way of saying, look, Thessalonica was not an easy city to be the church. There was a lot of opposition and a lot of obstacles, but you did not give up. And when I think about that and I think about this 2020 year, that's what I think about you. You did not give up. This is the language of saying we refuse to give in. We refuse to quit. We're going to find a way. And this was so important in this year, not to lose our focus on the mission of Jesus, not to become discouraged, not to become just overwhelmed or frustrated. The temptation at times was to give in to fear and make decisions based on fear, to just react. But instead, time and time again, we kept coming back to saying, we've got to endure, we've got to be hopeful, we've got to find a way to continue to be the church, even though it's difficult and even though it's challenging. You know, I credit the leadership of our church, the boards and the different committees, our finance team and our staff for the incredible job that they did in letting us, not letting us get discouraged or distract us um, and simply saying, all right, we can't do it that way. How is it that we're going to do it? You know, at many points of the year, all of our ministries were in full operation, all in very different ways, but none of them stopped. None of them just said, sorry. I guess we can't do anything. We'll, we'll come back to it after the pandemic. Not at all. There was this enduring sense of finding new ways to do things. I think of the Hope Mission, uh, which relies so heavily on people being together in a room for meals, for community, for worship, for just mutual encouragement. And they immediately transitioned to an online Facebook group. 
Now, we all know that Pastor John has been wanting for years to be an internet sensation, so this kind of fed into that. Um, but no, and seriously, it allowed such an incredible opportunity for people to still be connected and to be gathered. Uh, from the devotionals that Pastor John gave to the encouraging words around mental health practices that Mark taught and shared, celebrating milestones together like birthdays, just as they would have, no just as we would normally do with the mission. It was just a wonderful transition. Just they endured to continue and find new ways. I think about our youth leaders who had to figure out how do we do socially distanced games? How do we provide snacks and how do we create bubbles with uh, four different age categories on a, on a youth group night? And they endured, they found a way to make it happen. Um, I think about just again, ways that people um, figured things out. We had a business meeting, we hired a new pastor we had, we've never had online church business meetings before. We had two of them in the fall. And we just said, look, we're not going to stop. We've got to keep moving forward. We're going to endure. The work that we're doing is important. We're not going to give up. And I think most importantly about the people who have worked to put these services together each week. Um, just the volunteers who invested hundreds and hundreds of hours of time working on what is tedious, difficult, complicated, um, prone to glitches in order to put together our services on Sunday morning. All of our folks involved in worship team, our speakers, the people that have done come into the church to do announcements, to do prayers for children's dedications and all of the things that you've witnessed over this past year. Um, just such an incredible commitment to say we're not going to give up. We're going to continue to move forward. In all of this, born out of a belief that the mission that Jesus has given to us is so important that it must continue, that we must find new ways. And so thank you, and thank you, thank you for just your commitment to finding ways to be the church in this difficult season. Now, let's imagine for a second YouTube still exists in 10 years and someone stumbles across this message and they think, wow, you know, what was 2020 like? And they watch this kind of reflection we certainly don't want them to think that 2020 was the greatest year ever because it was really, really difficult. And it was difficult for some of you in some really significant ways. Some of you this year lost loved ones and you weren't able to be with them. Uh, some of you lost work. Some of you had your work changed or cut back. Some of you went to working in your office building to working at home and it's been so difficult and frustrating for you. <clears throat> some of you have seen your mental health deteriorate in some significant ways in this year. Some marriages and some friendships did not survive 2020. And uh, these were re the real impact of this global pandemic and in so many more ways than I've, I've just mentioned. Some of you felt forgotten by your church family in 2020. And for that, we apologize and we will do all that we can to work to remedy that um, in the new year. Um, but for me, as challenging as it was, it's what makes all these other things so, so powerful. Your loving deeds, your enduring hope, your faithful work were done in a time when there was lots of challenges in your own life that the work that you did, the, the love that you expressed to other people, uh, the hope that you shared with folks, oftentimes came from a place of your own, having to battle through your discouragement, having to do it when maybe you didn't feel like it, when life wasn't feeling great, but you chose nonetheless still to find ways uh, to be the church to somebody else, to be a blessing to someone. So thank you for that. 
So this is 2020, 2021 is coming, and I'm looking forward to it. And it will provide challenges again, I have no doubt about that. Uh, the kind that we can't even imagine right now. But I've got hope for it, and I'm encouraged as we look ahead to the future, um, because I know that we're going to find ways to continue to be the church. And I want to ask you to pray. I want us to be praying as a congregation because I think one of our temptations is going to say, well, 2021, when the pandemic seems to be over, we're just going to go back to the way things were in 2019. But that's not true. And we can't do that because you and I are not the same people. The world is not the same. And we have to find out what is it going to look like for us to be the church in this new world, in this new time. And it's exciting because the same God that has been faithful to us, working and moving, is going to be working and moving again in this year. And I look forward to it. So would you join me in praying for this coming year and asking that God would continue just to take our broken, feeble efforts and use them beyond anything we could ask or imagine. Let me pray. God, we do. We thank you for this year. We thank you for your kindness and your faithfulness to us. Lord, there were moments we had no idea how it was going to all turn out. There was moments, Lord, of, of fear and panic when we were not sure uh, how things would look, if we could continue. But God, through your Holy Spirit, you breathed into this church family hope and love and encouragement, Lord, and faithfulness and energy and strength and creativity uh, to be able to do the things that we did for you, Lord, and in your name, so that more and more people would experience the life of faith. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would do the same in 2021. Lord, may our hands and hearts be open to receive what it is that you have for us, Lord, so that we might continue to see your mission of seeing more and more people become followers of you in this coming year. And we pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Strange and love is great.
Thanks everyone for joining us at Rivercross Online for our final worship service of 2020. It's been quite a year, hasn't it? Uh, with many difficult times along the way, but some good and blessed moments too. Please continue to take care and stay safe. And why don't you stick around for a, for a couple more minutes now to enjoy a video celebration of our Christmas takeout dinner and show. God bless. are six feet apart we'll purell before we depart we've been tested as suggested careful we are and smart oh do our masks go with our gowns do these face shields hide our crowns We've had plenty, twenty, twenty, still we'll head towards David's town. Melchior is now quarantined, stuck in Persia, so it seems. No more travel on a camel till there's a good vaccine. 
Still 